Hey everyone, welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 108, Live Long and Prosper, Backpacker. We are now on Patreon.com. If you'd love to support the Trust the Trail podcast and be a part of our trail community, just go to Patreon.com forward slash Trust the Trail and check out the different tiers that we have. You could go on a backpacking trip with us for free. What? Whoa. And you can always receive our podcast early before they hit any of the other podcatchers. On this episode, we sit down with Judy Gross, CEO of Lightheart Gear, to share with you her unforeseen journey in how she went from an Appalachian Trail backpacker to tent manufacturer. Her personal story, now 10 years in the making, initiated with a little bit of trail envy, a tenacious attitude, and of course, an introduction to the color purple. Invest in what you know are the words once spoken to her, igniting the spark. In her own words, I know sewing and I know backpacking. The rest is how a highly notable lightweight tent manufacturer made their start in the marketplace. You can always join in on a discussion on our Facebook group page. Seriously, come join us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash trust the trail and just join the conversation, be part of our family. Uh, come hang with us, it's a ton of fun. So we had a great time in Asheville, North Carolina this last weekend. Um, of course, we went up to go um, and get a tour of the Light Heart Gear facility, talk to Judy, and have a meet and greet at the Wicked Weed Brewery. I mean, we just had a great time. It We, we spent the whole weekend up there not only did we have such a phenomenal time with Judy and getting to see how um, your lightweight tents are made from Lightheart Gear, but we got to go and spend time in Asheville and just walk around. And then the bonus, we hung around the Pisgah National Forest where we were involved in an epic thunderstorm. Oh, like three, <laughs> three epic rainstorm. <laughs> and then we it was went beautiful. up. Oh my God. And then we went up to the Blue Ridge Parkway. We were looking for some uh, campgrounds we had never even known about before in the Pisgah National Forest. Trails that we had never seen or uh, heard of before. So we really were kind of on a scout mission and there's nothing like spending a whole day just driving around not knowing where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much pretty much that for two days. <laughs> yeah. But it was fun because uh oh my god, I mean, I have never really driven and committed to the Pisgah National Forest like we did this last weekend, but we did and it was just it was phenomenal. It was really pleasantly it's, surprisingly nice. I mean, I really enjoyed myself. Yeah, I mean, Gosh, that national forest is it's just so beautiful and and it, it feels a little on the untouched side, which I really enjoyed. Um, you know, the trails in northern Georgia are so used. I mean it's the Appalachian Trail. It's it's it it's just there's so much going on in North Georgia. It was nice to kind of escape uh the state and become familiar with other territory that we're not as familiar with. So yeah, check, we, add that to the bucket list. And we realized that um, going on a Friday afternoon and trying to register uh, a campsite at a campground near 
the Asheville area is next to impossible. <laughs> so um, if you're going to go camping around Asheville and you're like, ah, I want to spend the weekend in Asheville and just kind of like chill out, we'll get a campsite. There'll be no problem. Yeah, you better make reservations on recreation.gov because you're not getting a campsite. And we looked, I don't know how many campgrounds, campsites we called, but they were all full. But um, but we had a great time. We had a great time with Judy. Um, going in there, uh, it's a beautiful facility. Lightheart Gear just opened a new manufacturing facility. It's about 25 minutes, 25 miles south of Asheville in Fletcher, North Carolina. And if you are in the area and you want to go ahead and take a look at a light hard gear tent, they have actually have a little uh, store. Yeah, little it was walk in store that you can go to and check it out. Yeah, it was it was really cool. We pulled up just about the same time as a uh, customer pulled up, um, which they don't do as much customer like drop in uh, business, even though they do have a storefront and they're able to outfit you. It was it was very interesting. He popped in and he's just like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm looking for some rain gear, and it was, you know, and and I'm, I'm I need some I need some I need some gear in general, and it was very interesting to see because it just it, it was just the epitome of what uh, their business core motto is all about is is the customer, and it was so beautiful to actually watch that interaction, and and it was just. Oh, I just did a quick Google search at home and I came across your name. I didn't even know you were like right down the road for me. So here I am. Yeah, it was really cool. It was awesome. And and they just had their grand opening uh, a few days before we got there. So brand new facility. And uh, I think the, uh, well, you know, when you always go in to interview somebody, uh, you've talked to them over the phone, you know who they are. I've known Judy for a long time. We've never really gotten to sit down one-on-one and talk. Um, but I've seen her at the Appalachian Trail kickoff for years. And, you know, you know, you just know who they are. Oh, Judy Gross from Lightheart Gear. I mean, you just know. But when you first and you, you do a formal sit down and you get to know that person, it's just amazing right away the connection you have. And for Judy and myself. <laughs> I was not included in this connection. <laughs> It was in any way, shape, or form. It was the noticeable Star Trek uh, paraphernalia that was on her walls. And as I look around, not only do we see a bunch of half marathon ribbons all over the place. She's a runner, folks. I mean, she runs half marathons all the time. And those are very outstanding. Very right there in the office. But in a subtle way, I started noticing an homage to Star Trek and, and like I can get away with okay like there may be like a, like a, a photograph or a picture or or something but when I see action figures <laughs> on the bookshelf of Captain Kirk I'm thinking someone's a Star Trek fan so I <laughs> the very first thing I ask I'm like are you a Trekkie and she goes oh am I a Trekkie I have never so in all the times that we've been directly interviewing with individuals um no you know highly notable or uh, just your average joe it's i've never seen somebody get so 
excited. Her her enthusiasm literally spiked through the roof when you guys started talking about Star Trek and you lost me. I was often like twiddling my thumbs. I have no clue what you guys are talking about mode. You guys were discussing shows and spinoffs and I think I don't even really know what you guys were talking about. Character but. development. We're talking about the movie that hasn't <laughs> even been made yet. I mean, we were going. And the funny thing is about, you know, like a lot of, some people say that they're a fan of something, right? And you're like, oh, I'm a huge fan. They're like, okay. But then they don't have anything to back it up. Judy then backs it up with, check out all my ringtones on my phone. <laughs> and it had, like, had the Star like Trek theme seven. song of Next Generation, <laughs> original Star Trek, the Star Trek movies, and I'm like, that's a fan. When you've downloaded <laughs> all the ringtones on your smartphone, and depending on who calls you, you get another Trekkie uh, ringtone. So it was very, very cool. We were laughing. We had a good time. We were talking about all kinds of uh, just all kinds of Star Trek trivia. I was lost, <laughs> <laughs> and it was so we had we had a great time. And and the cool thing is not only it. Was Judy a great sport for letting us come in on a Friday afternoon and holding her hostage uh, for a couple hours? But she really is very passionate about uh, her business and very passionate about customer service. And um, and she's got some great stories to tell about that. And uh, just it's just a, it was a great interview. We had a great time. So thank you, Judy, so much for letting us come in. Uh, to your facility, new facility, by the way, in Fletcher, North Carolina, and uh, taking a look at um, how quality lightweight tents are made. We really appreciate it. Uh, here is the full version of our interview with Judy Gross, CEO of Lightheart Gear. So, Judy, thanks for letting us come out and hang out. We've just had this incredible conversation about Star Trek for the last <laughs> 10 minutes. And the cool thing about coming to, to Judy's place is that as soon as we walk into her office, I see Star Trek memorabilia, and then she pulls out her cell phone, and all the ringtones are the Star Trek theme songs, and it's just really cool. Uh, you know you're talking to a very cool person when just they are old, a Trekkie. Just an old Trekkie. <laughs> yeah. So thanks so much. Really uh, appreciate um, being out here. Uh, beautiful day to be in uh, Asheville country. Um, and we are at the Light Heart Gear new facility. Yes. I mean, brand new. Brand new. So um, I guess the first thing for people that are listening is Lightheart Gear is probably one of the better lightweight alternatives for people that are getting into backpacking, whether you're new or you're getting ready to do a through hike, um, whether it's on the PCT or the Appalachian Trail. Uh, you guys have really designed, especially your, your newer tents, I mean, it's they're almost kind of like a hybrid between a tarp and a tent in a way, and um, they're they've really done some very very cool work. Um, so just real briefly, kind of tell because you have a great story about how you started in tent manufacturing, what motivated you or inspired you <laughs> to start because it's a great story, um, and it all started with you hiking the Appalachian Trail. Right. In 2006, I set out to through-hike the Appalachian Trail, 
And about a thousand miles into the trail, I fell and tore my rotator cuff and was miserable and decided to head home. The very last night I was on the trail, I was camped next to a guy who had this unbelievable tent. It was a tiny little package that opened up into this giant palace and it didn't weigh anything. And the tent I was carrying at the time weighed four and a half pounds, took up about half of my backpack. And I was spending most of the time sleeping in shelters, so I wasn't even using it. And it was just extra weight I was lugging around. I went home and started talking about, and this is back in 2006. I'm on a women's Yahoo group for backpacking. And the, the tent that I saw came up in the conversation. And I said, oh, I'd love to get my hands on one of those so I could make a copy of it. And somebody on that group said, oh, I have one. It's got a broken zipper. Just pay for the shipping. And I sent her a check immediately for the shipping. She sent me the tent, and I looked at this, and I thought, hmm, this is geometry. <laughs> it was all diamonds and triangles, and I may have a master's degree in nursing, but I don't do math. <laughs> so the funny thing about that is that it's kind of like worlds collided right at that moment. Right at that moment, because your background, other than being a nurse practitioner, is sewing. I've been sewing since I was a little kid. My mother taught me how to sew. And I, at one point, retired from nursing back in, oh God, I don't remember what year it was, and went to design school because I was going to go into custom sewing and dressmaking and stuff. So anyway, my husband retired. We moved to Asheville. I decided it was time to get this tent put together <laughs> and um, found Google SketchUp online. I think it was the first version of Google SketchUp at the time, but I was able to, in 3D CAD, design the tent and get the measurements I needed. And then, of course, you have to take that and convert it to real fabric, which is very different from you know, a 3D CAD drawing. Um, so I started playing with fabric. So that's kind of cool. I mean, I, it, it's funny how like worlds collide and you, like, you can't see that coming in your life ever. No, correct. Yeah. <laughs> and so talking about trusting the trail, it's like, you know, if anybody, you know, especially people that get, you know, obsessed with gear, any gear is that when you have that talent of sewing and you see something that you can make better, that's the inspiration and motivation right there to make it better, and you did. Yes, but I was just gonna make a tent for myself. I had no plans <laughs> of going into business. Um, I was showing some friends some of my prototypes for it, and one of them said, oh, you could make kits and sell them because hikers wanna make their own gear. And I thought, I can make the whole tent and sell it. And so we did. So how did that, how did that come out how did that come to be where you went from, you know, just kind of doing it for yourself to actually creating um, Lightheart gear? What was that, what was that process like? And, um, you know, I would imagine it's, it's kind of scary at first. Oh, it was. I was buying more fabric than I'd ever bought before because I was going to make, you know, seven tents and take them to the Franklin um, April Fool's trail festival in yeah. Franklin, North Carolina. Um, I needed to get different sewing machines. I needed industrial sewing machines because my home sewing machine wasn't going to handle it. And that was a lot of money to shell out. Yeah. Right. Um, but I made seven tents. We took them to the, the April Fool's gig. And my husband and I had a bet on how many tents are we going to sell. I said three and we sold three. 
and that day... Uh, what was his bet? <laughs> probably three also. I remember. It was a long time ago. But at the festival, a woman, a hiker from Holland, came up to me and said, because the, the tents I had with me were all gray. She came up to me and says, oh, can you make me one in purple? And I knew I could get the fabric in purple. It took me a split second. I said, absolutely, yes, I'll meet you up the trail in two weeks with a purple tent. Wow. You guys should see your office right now. It is purple. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so there right. definitely right. is something behind the purple. Um, that's interesting. So is that where the, the color in your tents stemmed from? Yes. Because I realized, hey, people want color, I can give them color. And at that time, I was really just making them to order right. for the most part. So if somebody, I would just list what I knew I could get the fabric, the colors in, and I would buy the fabric if I needed it. That was, it's funny story. that it took you a split second to react to her her question, you know, can you get it into purple? And you're instantly like, yes, within two weeks. I will meet you on the trail, I will get that. And that's essentially where this idea of you, the way you do customer service probably stemmed in a split second for you. And if anybody has ever met Judy or with the hopes of ever meeting her or speaking to her over the phone, she has taken customer service and then taken it to a completely different uh, level. It's, it's so... A, did you meet somebody on the trail? Didn't you replace a tent on the trail one time for somebody? We've done that a couple of times. Yeah. This, this particular incident was um, a woman had ordered a tent that was to be seam sealed, and evidently she got one that was not seam sealed accidentally. And she was in the Smoky Mountain National Park, where it was very high and very cold and very rainy, and her tent got all wet, and she got all wet in the middle of the night. And she managed to get into Gatlinburg the next day and sent me a text about this. And I was livid that we had made that mistake. I mean, that's a life-threatening issue. And I'm two hours from Gatlinburg. That was our mistake, and I was going to correct it. And I drove over there early Saturday morning, brought her a new tent, took back the one that was not seam-sealed, and then I ended up giving her a ride back up to the trail at Newfound Gap. See, and I think that's what separates, you know, um, you know, really good customer service. And, and the one thing I do notice about a lot of different other gear manufacturers is that they want you, they, it's a, they want you to like their gear. They, you know, it's important that if you're using their gear, and we talk a lot about this on your, on our podcast, is that, you know, your gear, you, you become very connected to. It's a very personal choice you know one tent works from for somebody might not work for somebody else and so when you invest that connection into that piece of gear um you know to, to have you come out to gatlinburg around the trail and go here's a new, here's here's what you order this is what you need i mean that's just that's just that just goes a long way i know when we were at the appalachian trail kickoff where we saw you last um you know you had helped carrie get into her tent and uh um, I, I think Carrie, we, we spent some time. I mean, it was it was about an hour pitching different tents and getting her in the tent, explaining her what the tent was like, getting her to touch and feel it, um, look at it, and uh, of course Carrie's now. You know, we just talked about it. She's she's just done 100 miles of the of the Appalachian Trail, and uh, she's 
By the way, she's very happy. <laughs> <laughs> so I had another customer. He was coming through the Smokies and had a zipper failure on his tent or he tore it or something. I don't remember exactly what was wrong with it. But he was getting off and he was going to be at Standing Bear Farm, which is right off of the interstate. Right. And I said, if you can hitch into Asheville, I'll pick you up wherever they drop you off and bring you to the shop. We'll repair your tent and then get you back on the trail later. And we did. And I mean, it's it's not far. Right. I can go pick him up. Right, it's, right, it's not right, a big right, deal right, for right, me. Right. Um, and so, yeah, we... You know, if it's within about an hour to, to two hours, I have no problem with running out to the trail and taking care of things. Now, this <clears throat> reputation <laughs> occasionally causes problems. I've had somebody <laughs> who was in Virginia, you know, like four or five hours from here. It's like, oh, well, can you just meet me on the trail? It's like, uh, that's a little bit too far now. <laughs> But I would I, love to go hike, however. But I envision such a great commercial, you know, like Lightheart Gear <laughs> takes customer service to a whole new level, and I see you walking down the trail with a tent, uh, giving it to them right there if they have a problem with it. I think it's pretty good. Um, so we're this is a brand new building. This is a brand new facility, and you just had the grand opening what Tuesday? Tuesday. 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 Yeah. So um, you have a, a great story about the building. So. Now Lightheart Gear is expanding, at least it's in its facility. Um, what is what? What's kind of like the the life now like with your you know just getting into your new facility and seeing this much bigger facility? Um, and and how much are you expanding? Well, it's it's more that we needed the physical space to do the things that we do. Um, the we were leasing a building before and it was cramped and dirty and we needed better lighting, longer tables, more space around the sewing machines because we work on very large pieces of fabric. We looked all around this area for um, a building to lease or to buy and there's absolutely nothing available and we ended up buying land and building right. to suit our needs. Which is really... a a great move because you'll be here now forever and you've got enough land to build on to what you have now if if that ever yes has room, the room to expand yeah so how did the name lightheart gear Good. happen so my trail name is Heartfire, and that comes from a chinese thing about the heart meridian and too much fire in the heart meridian is very intense and very tight and hiking lightens you up I came back from the trail in 2006, and I, I didn't realize it at first, but you don't sweat the small stuff anymore. Yep. It's all going to be okay, and it just rolls off your shoulder, and I lightened up. And you have to have a light heart, so that's how oh, light heart cool. came That out. is really cool. I don't think I've ever, I've ever known that, so that's really neat to, to learn. So on the trail, yes. I get called light fire, heart light. <laughs> Fire light. I mean, any combination of light heart and heart fires is, is I will respond to. Yes. Very cool. So I, I I was very interested. So when you first made your tent and you showed it to somebody and your friend said, hey, you can actually sell those kits. And you're like, no, I can actually just make them. From wh How long was that process from making your first tent, using it, seeing the functionality of it to the very first design that came out. Were there any adjustments made from your initial design? Uh, well, yes. Um, 
It's hard to really answer that yeah. because you just keep adapting and you this doesn't work. You go back to the drawing board and you, you make another modification to it. Um, I can say that with the Solon 6, which was the second tent I designed, um, or maybe the third. Anyway, the Solon 6, while I advertise it as um, it's so long that six footers fit into it, it's actually the sixth iteration of the design. Oh. So on my computer, I have so long one, so long two, right. so and this the so long six was the one that worked, but it it works right. for six footers. Right. So at that first um, hiker festival in Franklin, right. the, the story gets more complicated or interesting there. Uh, we're set up showing off the tents, and people are looking around, and a guy walks up to me and he says. That tent looks familiar. And I look at this guy and it's like, you look familiar. And he goes, oh, I'm a trail angel. You've probably seen me around on the trail. I said, no, you look familiar. <laughs> and I start thinking about it. It's like, where were you June 26, <laughs> 2006? I have a beef with you. <laughs> <laughs> he was the guy I was camped next to. Wow. <laughs> And um, so, long story short, we're good friends now, but I, I blame him for my business. Right. Right. You wow, that's a great. That's awesome. That's very cool. Put him on your cool. so you can go hiking more often. Oh, he's, he's got one of my tents now. <laughs> that's a really neat, uh, well-rounded cool. story. I, what is probably one of the biggest pieces of feedback or questions that you receive from a potential customer that has altered the course of your design patterns? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> stumped you. <laughs> I may have just stumped you. Um, I, I do get feedback. Some I blow off. Mm -hmm. Some I take to heart. Right. Uh, so when we first started doing the awnings on the tent, there was no zipper to get in or out. You had to just crawl under it. Mm -hmm. But then we added the zipper to it. Some have complained about we used to have eight inch corners and some of the taller hikers complained about that it, the, it was too low. So we went up to 10 inch corners now. Gotcha. But with doing small production runs at, you know, doing 10, 20, 30 at a time, you can change and adapt very quickly. Um, what, for people that are getting into backpacking, um, we, we, we always get them to understand that, you know, some of your gear, it really is a lifestyle choice. Cause when you're on the trail, especially when you're hiking long distance, you've changed your lifestyle. <laughs> you are now on that trail pursuing, whether it's a dream or you're gonna be out to five months or six months, um, you're gonna through hike the Appalachian Trail. What, what, what advice do you, would you give new backpackers about lightweight gear? Find stuff that has function and is simple. And you'll notice on my tents, there's no long tie-out cords that people trip over. Oh, God. They're yeah. simple to set up. Uh, may take somebody a time or two to, to figure out the setup. But once you get it figured out, they are simple to put up. Um, but they are highly functional. Um, the using the trekking poles inside the tent is double use for your trekking poles, so you're not carrying around extra tent poles. Although we do have tent poles, both aluminum or carbon fiber, 
for like kayak campers mm -hmm. or motorcycle riders and bike packers. Mm -hmm. But you need stuff that with function. And the same goes with some of the women's clothing that I'm doing now. Um, pockets, pockets, and pockets. And women right. need pockets and everybody needs pockets. And the major brands, their cargo pockets in their pants are now flat. They don't bellow out. So you can't put anything large in them. Uh, women's clothing just has these tiny little pockets that you can't put anything bigger than a tiny car key in it. Um, and that's not including the key fob, just a, just a key. Uh, so my skirts all have pockets, large pockets, and small, extra small, and petite sizes have the same large pockets that the bigger sizes have because small women don't get petite-sized phones. Um, they have the same big phone, the same size guidebooks and maps and snacks as everybody else, so right. they need pockets to hold it. Right. Um, so functionality, both... Tents, rain gear. Um, yeah, you make some killer rain gear. Um, thank you. Ariane was trying on some rain gear when we first got here, and it it looked really good. Um, yeah, um, I like I liked it. Uh, big pockets, pit zips, and it's so hard to find really lightweight material that's got pit zips on it. It really is. People forget about the pit zips a lot. See, that's another thing. All the major brands are, are getting rid of the pit zips because the zippers weigh. Right. right. It's a lot of weight. Right. And so they're trying to get the lighter weight gear by eliminating a lot of the functionality. There's rain gear out there that has no pockets. Right. Right. <laughs> and it's very it impractical. <laughs> God forbid you keep anything dry in your pocket, you know. Um, and my rain pants, I have that false pocket. It's just a, a slit. So that you can get your hand into your pants pocket underneath. Because mm -hmm. when I prototyped the rain pants, <laughs> I was out in the Smokies and it was cold and wet. And I wanted my chapstick, which was in my pants pocket, and I couldn't get to it. So I came home and said, mm, you got to put a slit there so you can get into your pants. Which is kind of cool. I mean, that's the cool thing about, you know, designing your own gear. Because when you're out there testing it, if there's something that you don't like about it, you can come right back to the sewing machine or to the drawing board and go, okay, well, we're changing that. Right. And so I think that's really cool. Yeah. I think that's that's probably the biggest perk of, of making your own and designing gear. your own gear. <laughs> you know, it's got to work for me. Right. And it works for other people too. Right, 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 right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so where do you, where do you, where do you see, where do you see Lightweight Gear going in the future? I mean, because it, it is definitely getting mainstream now. It's not a niche market anymore. It's not, and a lot of the big box companies are trying to do the same that we're doing, but I don't know if they can do it quite the same. I don't um, think so. There's, and there's reasons for some of that, um, and the customers that they um, market to. So the lightweight gear is not as durable, and it is more of a lifestyle thing, so you're not going to find your weekend warriors really wanting to use this kind of stuff. Right. Because it is more delicate right. and needs more care taken. I don't know, fibers and, and materials, I don't know if there's going to be better stuff coming out or not. We're in the process of switching over from nylon to all polyester fabrics for the tents and the rain gear. Um, polyester doesn't stretch and sag the way nylon, till nylon will when mm -hmm. it's cold and wet. Mm -hmm. So we're slowly transitioning to polyester. 
um, and it's a little bit lighter weight. Same waterproof ratings and everything that the nylon we use is. Cuban fiber, I used to make tents out of Cuban fiber. I don't anymore. People ask me about all the time, but it's, I don't think it's a, a value for your money. A Cuban fiber seemed to come on the marketplace quick and leave the marketplace. Well, it's quick. still there. Is it it's still there? Z-Packs and... Well, Z-Pack, right. But they're, I'd say they're the only big, semi-big company that's really pushing that. Hyperlite's got yeah. the backpacks, right? So, I just don't think for... I was charging $700 for a tent years ago, and it would have to be a lot more than that now. And yeah. I'm, I'm just... I don't think it's a, a good value. Yeah, I, I'm not... I'm not so, so sure. Do you know what Cuban fiber was designed for? Do you know anything about it? Mm -mm, no. So the company Cubic Tech um, designed this as for sailing, for wind sails, for the Americans Cup, mm -hmm. the Americas Cup mm -hmm. race, the that the one that won. I mean, this is what the sails were made out of was right. Cuban fiber. So it's designed to be strong and very lightweight. It is not very puncture proof though. So little rocks and things. It's mylar. It's two layers of very thin mylar with the Dyneema threads laminated between that. And that's what gives it the strength is the Dyneema threads. And the strength depends on how many threads and how, how the density of the threads in the, in the material. Do you see that material staying in the marketplace? Do you, do you see that hanging around? I do. It, it's great because it is mylar, it absorbs, it's like a sheet of plastic, yeah. um, it absorbs no water, uh, so it saves a little bit and it's much lighter weight, but it's so expensive. Does it last? It does, um, if you take proper care of it, it yeah. can. So we get, a question, we get this question a lot when people purchase you know, tents and or rain gear, should people seam seal? A new tent or a new rain jacket? One that we sell, that depends. Our tents are made out of sil nylon. Sil nylon fabric cannot be taped because there is no tape at this point that will stick to the silicone coated fabric. So they have to be seam sealed with a liquid silicone like Silnet or we make our own from just GE silicone caulk and we thin it down with a little mineral spritz. We offer it as a service. We'll do it for $35 or you can buy it and do the tent yourself. 99% um, of the tents we sell, we have already seam sealed. So we have them in stock, ready to ship, already seam sealed. So if they buy a tent that is seam sealed, no, they do not need to seam seal it themselves. Big brands, the tents should all be seam taped because they have a polyurethane coating on them, which the tape can stick to. And they should not have to seam seal a tent because those should come to them already seam taped. So my next important question is, will there be any pieces of gear in the future that will be named after any Star Trek <laughs> ships, movies, characters, um, well, anything? Well, I do have the Firefly tent. The Firefly comes, tent, right? <laughs> that's not exactly a Star Trek. Right, um, right. Theme that's from the Firefly, which was another. I still think show. there's a cult following to try to bring back that show. Oh, the Firefly it, was fantastic. Yeah, it was a good, it was a great show. <laughs> so, well, thank you so much. We really appreciate uh, taking uh, you taking the time to talk to us. Uh, this is a beautiful facility. Uh, Judy was nice enough to give us a tour and talk about professional gear making professional gear it was it's very very impressive thank you thank you so much um 
love meeting you. Love hearing about your stories. And uh, it, it's like our gear's got a great story. It's got a great story. So people can buy your tents, right? Online, correct? Online, lightheartgear.com, or just come up to the factory Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Those are the hours we work, so that's the hours we're open. <laughs> yeah, and if you're in the Asheville area, you have a little storefront. Store, a storefront. Yeah. You can come in and look at the gear and get the touchy-feely. Uh, try them on. Yeah, try on the, uh, the rain jackets. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a wonderful facility, and I very much enjoy getting to see the process behind the product. Um, and getting to meet uh, the employees that you have so diligently working. Um, and it was a really unique experience, so well, thank you very much. Thank you for yeah. coming up here. It's wonderful. I can't believe you drove all the way up from Atlanta. <laughs> oh, we're going to play Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> There's some good breweries. <laughs> so we hope you enjoyed the interview. It's, it's amazing to hear the stories of where things begin, because in most cases you have a plan <laughs> you you are like I'm going into this this is my business plan this is what I'm doing but you never know what you don't know in life and and in, in Judy's case you know she made a decision to hike the Appalachian Trail she came out of that hike turned into a business it it, it truly is fascinating that Sometimes the trail provides you what you don't know that you need. Yeah. Or you don't see coming. And those are the beautiful moments where the trail can dictate that experience for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think the amazing story with Judy and really the story of us all is that, you know, we we don't know how one little tiny thought uh, one day randomly that comes pops into your mind can change our lives and for some of us that decide you know i'm gonna through hike the appalachian trail where that thought come from i don't know but for judy <laughs> it was i'm gonna backpack the appalachian trail and without any realization whatsoever not only um can you trust the trail but sometimes you know like you said ariana the trail gives you a, a gift that you never saw coming from from the moment that you decide to push yourself and do something bigger than yourself. And so what started out was just a hike turned out to be an accidental business. An accidental well, business. I wouldn't that's say actually in, accidental. I don't think it's it, accidental. It was, it was definitely thought out. I think it, it was a gift that she's now servicing um, people that she loves in the backpacking community with a gift that she was given to sew and how those th two things have come together um, and has formed a business, yes, but she loves doing it. You know, you can tell by the passion that she had for it. And I think that's the miracle of the trail. That's the beautiful part of what trusting the trail is all about. When we say trust the trail, we're not talking about, oh, everything, you know, is going to be, you know, you're going to get the ride, you're, you know, you're, you know, you get the candy bar, all that stuff. We mean that you don't know what you don't know. In life and the trail can give you such a beautiful gift of of when you get off the trail and I that's what I love about Judy's story absolutely I mean I think you said it so beautifully 
Well, you guys, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, please post a comment and iTunes really helps spread the word about our podcast and it helps spread the word to other people that want to listen and find trust or trail. Shout outs to our Facebook members all the time. We love you guys. Keep it coming. Patreons Rick, Jerry, Shirley, Chuck, John, Gary, Suzanne, Brad, Bill, and Nick Dyer really appreciate all the support you've given us on Trust the Trail. Our podcasts are always available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, and of course Radio Public, where it's available on both iOS and Android. Of course, you can follow us on Instagram, Trust the Trail, and our Facebook page, Trust the Trail. So, the trail is a magical experience. If you get out there and you give it a shot and you trust it, remember, it's always good to trust the trail, you guys. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye.